try to kill us, but my village too strong. Long live the people. Here we go again with the bullshit you want. Long live the people. We have all these mixed blood people all across the country. We cannot exclude them. There's nothing wrong with being Red River Metis. We are all Metis. There was an attempt to define Metis. And we said no. There's Métis from Red River. What's wrong with Métis from someplace else? And they were also Métis people. Uniting our people is at a very sad state. We are all Métis. Welcome to the Jig is Up. I hope you guys have been enjoying the, the one episode we've done so far where we're not ranting on and on about politics. If you did enjoy the show, let me know. Send me an email at metispodcast.gmail.com. Uh, if you got suggestions for people you'd like to get on me to get on the show so that you can find out more about them, as long as they're Métis, let me know. That would be great. Um, if you got any suggestions or comments or, or criticisms of the show, send those to at metispodcast.gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to get some feedback from you guys. love to know what you guys are thinking. Uh, so yeah, moving on to this week, I was really fortunate to be able to sit down with Colleen Klein this week, and if you recognize the name, that's because she's married, she was married to the former premier of Alberta, Ralph Klein, and the former mayor of Calgary, Ralph Klein. Um, and you know, it was just, it's been an amazing thing to get to know her a little bit, and I, I feel really honored to be able to say that I know Colleen Klein even a little bit that I I do know her. Uh, she's, you know, she's got some great ideas. It's been great to talk about politics and the nonprofit stuff and and raising money for our our kids camp, things like that. It's been it's been just a joy for me to be able to talk about these things with someone like her. She's got a lot of knowledge, a lot of understanding, and a lot of uh, ideas that that were I am actually trying to implement. You know, as many of them as I can. So it's it's been really great that way. She's also got a very interesting story about her childhood and growing up and, and her Métis roots and things like that. So that's what you're going to hear on the interview today, or conversation, I guess. So I hope you enjoy that. Um, she's always stayed very proud Métis. She said it in her speeches when she was doing speeches uh, that she was a proud Métis woman. And for the Métis community in Calgary, I think she's absolutely... Uh, a strong, strong Métis woman that we can all look up to and respect in this community here in Calgary and through our bigger community from all our Métis brothers and sisters across Canada. Um, she's done some amazing things. She's won lots of awards. You know, she's worked in nonprofit and charities and represented charities and worked on boards. And it's just an amazing list of things that she's done. <clears throat> she doesn't like to brag about herself, but... I can, so I'm going to say that she's probably one of the more interesting people that I've met in a long time. I'm glad to to say that I can I know I know her a little bit, and I look forward to pay, possibly getting her on the show again to continuing our conversation into other aspects of things that are that are happening um, in her world and her family's world. So hopefully we can look forward to that. I hope you guys enjoy the the conversation uh, again. If you you know if, if you have any comments or whatever. Hit me up at metispodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, but here we go. Here's Colleen Klein. Long live the peak. 
All right. Well, um, I'm joined tonight by Colleen Klein, um, who was the wife of Ralph Klein, the Premier of Alberta, for many years and Mayor of Calgary for a number of years. So thank you for joining me. My pleasure. And uh, so let's uh, just kick right into it. Um, let's start off and just tell us where, where you were born and what growing up was like for you. Well, let's go back to almost the beginning. I was born in... Uh, Victoria, B.C. in 1940, November 26th. My my biological father was not married to my biological mother. He was off in the war at that particular time. When I was about, she had already met somebody else in her life, and uh, when she did, when I gave birth, she gave me his name. And a different first name as well. I was called Donna Marine. Anyway, when I was 15 months old, I never knew for sure why it all occurred, other than the fact that she did have another child. But she approached my father's mother, my grandmother, and uh, asked her if she would take me. And my grandmother evidently made the condition, yes, I, she'll come back to be with our family, and I will adopt her and change her name. And then I became Colleen Evelyn Hamilton. Hmm. Wow. Well, for the, from, the, from the time I was 15 months old, we were living in Vancouver for a short time, and uh, my grandmother died suddenly, and they told me that she had died because she had glass in her knee. But I guess when you're four years old, that sounds, uh, <laughs> sounds reasonable. Yeah. But my journey took me to where all my Aboriginal relatives reside, and that's up in the Soda Creek Williams Lake area. Okay. And it was the best part of my whole life, uh, not whole life, best part of the growing up part of my life. I don't think I ever felt so loved and, and accepted, just normal. I was a normal mm-hmm. kid, and we had... Uh, a huge, huge ranch. That's what made it so exciting. Yeah. And all the animals, they were my best friends. Wow. But we had a family. Uh, I don't know uh, how they were related to us, but they were living on our land in a teepee. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I went to visit one day, and uh, they'd made me the most beautiful little pair of moccasins. <laughs> and I was running to show my Aunt Georgie, and I fell in the branch went up my nose and the blood spurted out and they laughed because that's (laughs) our way we laugh (laughs) but uh, when I turned six my aunt Georgie uh, felt that uh, my father should take me to Vancouver he'd he'd married at that time Mm -hmm. because I don't I don't know if there is a residential school there was a really heavy serious Catholic school up there and I don't think they wanted me to be a part of that Okay. regiment. Anyway, when I was six, I went to live with my father and my stepmother. In Vancouver? In Vancouver. Wow. So, six years old, you've got to go to school, and uh, the whole family was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. The priests and nuns got in there early and get Get it? Let's get all the Indians, you know. <laughs> anyway, they took me to school. Now I hadn't been around children. Mm-hmm. My all my my friends were my animals. So of course it was new, and uh, I was 
whispering to a girl, probably asking her what to do. And the nun took me out to the hallway, made sure I stood beside the water fountain. She took the sunlight soap, washed my mouth out, and the razor strap and gave me a strap. Wow. For whispering. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she probably did that to anybody else. But then I started to realize that I was different. Wow. But my stepmother, uh, bless her heart, she took me out and put me into public school. Mm-hmm. And uh, bullying was, uh, I guess it was discrimination. Yeah. I didn't handle it the way you probably tell your children to handle it today. I had a very bad temper. And this one girl, she kept calling me uh, Indian Red Face. Mm. And vicious temper. I mean, I'm not proud of that fact. Anyway, she was much taller than I am, and uh, I got her by her hair, and I I just tore so hard. She had a little bit of ooze coming out. Wow. Punched her in the stomach, and I said, you don't ever call me that again, and she never did. (laughs) She never bothered with me. And this was in Vancouver still? That was in Vancouver, yeah, 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 when I went to public school. Wow. It was... uh, it, it was difficult. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think when you come from the surroundings where where you get so much love. Yeah. And, of course, we were all Aboriginals. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're surrounded by people that you... Yeah. Everybody knows yeah. everybody. And... I, think, I think for me, though, it probably just made me stronger. Yeah. 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 Well, I, it's a good foundation to start off with. That's for sure. Well, it was. I, I think it made our life... My life would have been a lot easier if my father had uh, felt comfortable enough about talking about his Aboriginal heritage. Mm. And and I understood why he didn't, because, you know, back in the 40s, yeah. it just wasn't the thing to do. Yeah, that's right. But my God, he was successful. Yeah. You know, he went to university, he became an Air Force officer with respect. And, wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I did ask, We, I wanted to know. I knew inside, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, he said, we're Scotch, that's it. Wow. And that was the, that was the end of it. <clears throat> when he gave you that look, you didn't pursue it. So when you were growing up, we, a lot of people say, use the term Métis now. Or a lot of people back mm-hmm. a few years ago used the term half-breed. Was that, were those terms that you'd ever used growing up, or was you was no, just your... just Aboriginal. Aboriginal? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Hmm. But you'd have to see pictures of my ancestors, and, uh, yeah. I mean, you don't... There was no doubt. Yeah. No doubt at all. Yeah, yeah. But just the love and respect, and... Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that part of it was wonderful, yeah. Yeah, that, that part was. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I had a bad experience with the first marriage, but I was very young, so mm. um, there's no sense talking about that, but he wasn't uh, that kind regarding yeah. the Aboriginal blood, that's for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, yeah. being married to Ralph, when I met him, that was much, much different story. Yes. Well, you guys did many things. Um, oh, we did. Yeah. 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 A lot of community work and yeah. a lot of things like that. It was, uh, I don't know if it was love for, at first sight for me. Don't forget, once you've been divorced, you're kind of <laughs> skeptical and, you know, what do you want, you know? <laughs> we were at the Westgate Hotel and all the CFCN guys and yeah. my brother's friends, we, it was like 
little family and go for two in the juice. That mm. was the exciting thing. My girlfriend and I were there one night and Ralph had had a couple of beers, maybe one too many, and he came up to the table trying to be suave, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he said, do you know who I am? And I said, no, and I don't much care. And that sort of just, <laughs> not enough of that. So the next time we were there, tuna juice again. Yeah. I'm leaving to go. And he was following me out. And uh, I said, okay, he, I knew he wanted to go out. And I said, okay, this is the way it's going to work. If you want to go on a serious date, yeah. then we'll have a serious date. But if you've got something else on your mind, like coming home for the night, forget it. <laughs> well, and he must have wanted a serious date. Oh, well, he was in Emerald. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, those were his reporter days, right? Yeah. Or back when he was a reporter. Yeah. Yeah. Don't wow. he, well, he was always a communicator. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But a very, very, very good friend. Yeah. To all the Aboriginal communities. So when did you start to hear the term Métis and understand, I mean, growing up, you're, you're just Aboriginal with, like, with everybody else. Oh, I think I was, no, I always knew. Yeah? Yeah, I always oh, okay. knew that I was uh, Métis. It was just easier to walk, talk about being Aboriginal. Yeah. But if you read anything that in, in the speeches that I give, I always uh, either started it or ended it with the fact that I was a very proud Métis woman. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that and you had a captive audience, so a lot of people heard me say that, and that yeah. was that was heart speaking. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't give a speech unless it was heart speaking. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted uh, I wanted other people to to feel that same pride. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've always been proud. Yeah, always. Wow. But but there's just it becomes more difficult for a lot of people when you walk into a room and and you feel like people are looking at you mm-hmm. or not respecting you. I know with when Ralph got elected here in Elbow, there were people from the rich area. They said that oh, they're just not Mount Royal or Holt rent through enough. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> no, I, I don't shop at Holt rent through but anyway, it, it was... The meaning that was behind those words, yeah. that's what they meant. And they also thought we should buy a house there. So those were the kind of people that I didn't want to associate anyway. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be with normal human beings. Yeah. Well, and I think just in reading some of the things you have here, um, what's really amazing, the amount of work that you were able to do, you know, I, I don't know that if a lot of people know about it, um, these days, I don't know if a lot of people know what all the community work and the, and the work with, um, you know, Owatan here in Calgary and things like that. Mm. So it's it's amazing to see how much you were able to do. But you know who knows through all that. You know who knows the people I worked with. That's well, that's true. Yes. Yeah, I don't need. I didn't need. Uh, you know. <clears throat> yeah. The newspapers were were kind to me. If it was something special, they'd, mm-hmm. they'd write about it. But I don't think that I'm not. I'm not a person that likes to talk about herself. Well, no, no, and and that's great, and yeah. uh, you know, and and not to brag, but I I think it's it's pretty amazing what um, when you look at the scope of everything, mm-hmm. just um, how much work was we were able to do as an Indigenous woman, as a Métis woman, mm-hmm. 
within the province of Alberta. But in all honesty, Darcy, I would never have been able to do that without my husband. Sure. He, he, it didn't matter what I asked to have done, Mm -hmm. his heart was in it and he made sure it happened. Wow. But sadly, a lot of those things don't exist anymore. You know, we don't have Aboriginal affairs, mm-hmm. and uh, and we actually had real Aboriginal people on it. Imagine that! Wow, yeah, yeah. You know, if, if but I I hope that some of the work continued. Yeah. Well, I know it does. There's definitely you know Owatonna is still around, and they still remember you. And, um, but I think it's important for Métis people to see. Um, other Métis out there doing these things Uh, because I think a lot of times we tend to blend into the background and because we're not a lot of us don't we're not out there you know oh well I'm you know Métis isn't the first thing that everybody sees when they see see people right you don't need a a position of influence in life to go out and try and make a difference no it's the smallest things in the world you might do but it might change life yeah but get up and go out and come home and say I think I made a difference today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, or go and tell your stories and share. Well, and and be involved. I think uh, we talk about that a lot on the podcast, Mm -hmm. just getting people involved, you know. Well, like I used to say to all the kids, make sure you have your voices heard. Yes. Not shouting, heard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's what's missing in... A lot of areas now. And, you know, people aren't communicating like they used to anyway because, my God, my daughter does this to me. She'll come to visit me, and we don't see each other often, and she's got that Samsung thingy, and she's (laughs) like, excuse me. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't think people do communicate as much. No. You don't sit around the table and have discussions. Yeah, that's right. You know. I've heard a story from um, another Métis elder, that, and she remembers, you know, always being, her parents and their friends would always sit around the table, like, every night she remembers people at the table talking about mm-hmm. politics and their rights and Métis this, and, and she said, but, and, you know, nowadays I just, I don't see a lot of people doing that. Well, I think a lot of people get discouraged, too. Yeah. You know, I mean... I think it starts by having the round table meeting, mm-hmm. but from that you take one of your stronger leaders and you go and you become the voice for them. Mm-hmm. So well, that's you need those representatives. You need someone who's going to listen, and then somebody who's going to articulate it and share it with those that can make a difference. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to see it in our province right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm not sure if. Uh, even federally, they they would pay attention. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so you know, along those lines, like um, for all the things that you did, like right now, I see a lot of people. It's very difficult for people because they, you know, when they got to work and they got to raise families. So, how do you get involved? Um, but we've kind <coughs> of uh, me and my friend have kind of batted around this, or my my co-host of the show have batted around the idea that, you know, we need strong communities. And that's really where I think a lot of people could draw that strength from, Of uh, which you don't see a lot today. And I don't know how, is that changed, do you think, over the last? Well, I think probably you're going to probably see more of that community if you go down to, just go over to Satina or down Mm -hmm. to Siksika, because they all live together. Yeah. But when they live in in the big cities, 
and you've got jobs to do, and you mm. live in different... Com- it's not that sense of community. Yeah. You know, you're just another body in a community. Yeah. But uh, electronically, there's so, so many ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have them. I still have a landline. <laughs> <laughs> but, Sometimes I think there's yeah. too many ways. <laughs> It'll... I, I just think it's important, that no matter what it is you want to say, mm-hmm. have your voice heard. Yeah. And very often, you, it, it just creates inspiration. And for a lot of people, you don't want to feel like you're alone. I've got all these ideas, but I'm alone. Yeah. Well, I, for me, I think that's the, the tough thing about being in a big city and trying to have a, a strong Métis community is that because everybody's busy and they're from all these different parts of the city, it's hard to truly connect, and I then it, it yeah. tends to isolate yeah. people. Well, not only that, in the in the you're better to be in in a smaller rural yeah. community where it's more compact, because you look at the di- diversification we have in in Calgary. Yeah, I mean it's like the United Nations. Absolutely, we've got people from every walk of life and all over the world. Yeah, so you know they might not just pay as, as much attention. Yeah, I think that uh, perhaps I could have helped, and Ralph could have helped make a difference with that way back. But we perhaps we could have formed the committee and gotten Aboriginal affairs involved. And yeah, well, I think you guys did a lot. <laughs> well, yes, I think we did. Well, and I think it falls onto the shoulders of of the people nowadays yeah. to take up the mantle and yeah. continue but, that good work, yeah. right? So, uh, I miss the kids. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. I did a lot of work with them. I met a lot of wonderful uh, Aboriginal children in particular because they seemed to have a huge problem with uh, crystal meth. And mm-hmm. crystal meth was the drug of the day at that time. But I met so, so many of them. Yeah. And hopefully we got them on the right track. Yeah. yeah. We didn't know about fentanyl then. But uh, now there's a bigger, bigger, yeah. yeah. That's a big problem. Uh, yeah. As old as I am right now, I get, I just, I just would love to get in there and do something <laughs> different or, you know, create a circle where we can get, really get something done. Never mind mm-hmm. discussing it to death. Yeah. Let's yeah. have a plan. What can we do? Yeah. But I, I think one of the big drawbacks, though, is the millions that, what are we up to in Calgary now? Two million? Oh, for population, yeah. Well, I think it's one point three or something, isn't mm-hmm. it? Plus the surrounding communities. Yeah. So, but how many Métis people do you think live in Calgary? Well, last time I checked Statistics Canada, it was about eighteen thousand. Really? Yes. So Alberta actually has the highest population of Métis in the in any province, mm-hmm. but in Calgary, I, I think it's around eighteen to twenty thousand. I thought it would be BC. Yeah. No, surprisingly, um, I was actually really shocked when I learned that Alberta has such a... We have almost 100,000 Métis in Alberta. Now, the organization that you have is yes. entirely different than the one Lisa was uh, having problems with, is it not? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. And we talk about them lots on the podcast, so everybody knows who we're talking about. But Oh, okay. Yeah. And, you know, that that's kind of why we started what we do, is because... Hmm. I came across so many Métis that were having so many problems. And it's it's a very personal, and um, it affects people on a very personal and emotional level. 
Oh, of course it does. When they get told, no, you're not who you say you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it seems like there's a changing definition of Métis as the Canadian courts decide who we are. <laughs> and, and that just seems like a silly concept to a lot of us. Well, that other group were trying to tell me I'm not who I am, yes. or my family is not who we are, and and it was because of the birth certificate. Yeah. But I, I it, that just brought the ire up. <laughs> but I wanted it for my girls. I, yeah. It, I know who I am, and uh, you either accept me or you don't. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Yeah. But it was important for Lisa. Yeah. Really, really important. Yeah. And then when they started uh, giving her the runaround, then, of course, she got more determined. Yes. But uh, she's not shy about having her voice heard, that's for sure. Yeah. No, and, and you know, I, and that's the thing is it's not an unknown, uncommon story. I, I've heard that story uh, recently when I was mm-hmm. up in Conklin, heard the same kind of mm-hmm. story. And even people that were Métis, and now they're saying they're not. I don't know how you do mm-hmm. that, but... Uh, but I think, Darcy, that those are feelings... That you take with you for your whole life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never, ever, ever felt, in some of the air, I never really felt comfortable. Mm. I mean, everybody was so very polite because of, of my husband. Yeah. But there was always that self-doubt. Yeah. It was always there. Are you just being nice to me because Ralph Klein's my husband? Mm. Or are you respecting me as a Métis woman? Yeah. But those those feelings stay there. But I was made with something very, very strong inside. So I'm a very strong woman. Yeah. Oh, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. My mom is very jealous that I'm here. (laughs) Um, So I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Um, Is there anything that, I guess, you know, any great bits of wisdom or advice that you would have for young Métis that are coming up or, or Métis that are out there right now, is there anything you'd like to, I guess, a final thought you'd like to share? Or Well, the one thing I always told to the youth, whether they were Métis or otherwise, first of all, you can, get, you can gather with little groups and exchange ideas, but make sure you find someone who's going to listen and have your voice heard. Mm-hmm. That, that That's really, really important. It, it's very easy to to feel shunned yeah. because of the color of your skin, or and it's just hurtful. Those mm-hmm. things stay with some people for a lifetime. Absolutely. Yeah. But we are strong. Whether we're, we don't, we'll accept you because you're a man, but we'll. <laughs> the women. The I'm wo- the weakest one at the table. I'll admit that. Well, you are because the women are the doers. Absolutely. <laughs> No, I I just, I think that uh, having your voice heard is is Mm -hmm. the most important thing. But get get your groups together. Here it's very, very difficult. Yeah. But you can do a lot through this. I think you have to set some goals. Mm -hmm. You know, make a list of priorities and start and succeed with them individually. Yeah. Because you're not going to be getting accomplished overnight. Yeah. But uh, I think it would be very interesting, though, if uh, the the federal representative for Indigenous people would hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't... It doesn't appear to have happened. No. No, it has not happened yet, but we're but, working on it. But she's not an indi- Indigenous. She's not, no. 
Well, that's quite a concept, actually. <laughs> a lot of people have mentioned that, yes. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is. But we should never, we should walk tall. Mm-hmm. I can't walk too tall, but I, some days I feel like I'm six feet tall. Uh, I think that's wonderful advice. And again, I really want to thank you for coming on. It's mm-hmm. been an honor to talk to you. So Well, it was so much fun. Have me again, if you like. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Long live the peak. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Colleen as much as I did. Uh, I Like I said before, I could have asked her a thousand more questions. And perhaps down in the road, there'll be an opportunity for her to come on back on the show and we'll continue our conversation. Uh, I really want to say thank you to Colleen for coming on the show and being willing to do this. And uh, I, I'm really, truly, I'm honored when guests come on the show and when guests are willing to, to be on the show. But in this case, I kind of grew up with, you know, in Alberta with the Ralph Klein, Colleen Klein era. Uh, the first time I ever voted was the first time Ralph was running for premier. And so I was, I, I feel really honored to have been able to sit down on the show and and connect with her outside of the show. It's it's been an amazing experience for me, for my daughter, for my my whole family. So and that's something that I will treasure moving forward. So it's been a, a really a joy. So thank you. And I hope you guys you know enjoy it. And I want to uh, just mention uh, one more event. There is a Métis family culture camp coming up in um, hosted by the North Caribou Métis Association. And it's coming up on October 19th to the 22nd. And it's 50 kilometers east of Prince George, B.C. So that's a little bit up in the north, and which is really cool. I'd love to have gone to this event. I really was trying to get there for the whole thing um, just because I really think it would be a great event uh, just from the description of, of what's going to happen. But uh, I can't make it due to work constraints. But uh, it's a beautiful area up there. There's so much to see and and things like that. So I'd, I would have loved to have gotten up there. Uh, there's going to be workshops and activities for families to work on family skill building and communication and have fun celebrating Métis culture and traditions. Um, and it's all family-oriented, family and I believe everything is free. It says meals and snacks are provided. So if you can get out there and take the the, the three days or whatever and go up there and head up to, to Prince George and be there, I would highly recommend it. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. And, uh, you know, that's all I got for now, guys. So, oh, uh, one last thing I wanted to mention was if you guys can head to our Facebook page and give us some reviews on there or head to iTunes and give us some reviews and give us a rating there, it helps our, our pages become more visible to other people and it helps to get kind of get the show known and, and recognized. So if you can do that, that would be a huge help to the show. And I really appreciate any feedback that you can give me. So don't don't hesitate to email me at metipodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you thought of this show, our previous shows, uh, guests that you want to see on. I mean, throw it at me. Let's, let's do this. This is a community, and we need community input. For now, the jig is up. Long live the pig. Hey. My late cooking came from Kawaka to express. Real warrior woman probably popping most dead. It's poor man's if you wanna talk that language. A hundred clicks north if RG is the rest. You still gotta be a chief.